entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. Listening to Burn and Return, a weekly one hour podcast covering news from the agricultural and turfgrass industries. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Burn and Return. Um, boys. We had one hell of a pre-show there. We saw one of the most <laughs> unbelievable clips I had ever seen. I mean, just an absolute stellar performance of using any and every uh, uh, drag of the internet to pitch your link in the description below. And it was it was absolutely fascinating. I'll, I'll save everyone the heartache of how this ends, but... Um, the pitch ultimately was uh, was Sunday, and uh, their all natural approach to lawn care, right? And uh, and that is just the most fascinating thing to me. You know, when you when you look at these labels and they talk about how safe they are, they do things different, and you look at the label, and it's the same active ingredients that you see on a bag of fertilizer from Scotts or Lowe's or Home Depot or Valagro or insert random manufacturer in there but all of a sudden this one is all natural and the only difference the only difference is what it says on the bag or the container or the package not what is actually one of the ingredients so um if you are interested in that kind of thing where we talk about those and dissect those uh you know check us out on the patreon patreon.com forward slash burn and return we are highly appreciative of that uh, when we do get to 69 patrons, nice. Um, we will we will be doing some other fun stuff where we're going to reintegrate me back into society, which <laughs> I do not look forward to at all. Uh, I enjoy the space I live, and I want nothing to do with the general public. And unfortunately, it's being <laughs> bestowed upon me that I must interact with the general public, and that's okay. We're not in a way, so we're getting close. Also, some other benefits too. You know, we we like to interact uh, more so with the people that allow us to be able to do this. And uh, so we do special things like live Zoom calls where we, you know, have uh, what, what what would be referred to as a binge drinking session. Uh, but uh, there's <laughs> people who join that don't drink. And um, sometimes I don't even drink on them either. Uh, and those those are our, our power hour events that we do. And they're always a lot of fun, too. Um, we have a great time and it's an opportunity to interact with us. Very one on one, very intimate settings. Crack jokes, ask questions. We talk lawns, cars, girls, dogs cats um uh, and uh in russia so you know no holds barred <laughs> wide open full throttle uh boys that <laughs> j demay you missed it j pink throw it up one more time there it is <laughs> there it is uh, i don't know who edited that j pink did you edit that were you the one who photoshopped that maybe <laughs> uh 
It was not anonymous. You're talking about how much that. you can bench. I don't want to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice callback, too. Um, so anyway, we we have a good time. And, uh, and, and, and another thing I want to make clear, too, is whether you've been at this for one week or you've been at this for 10 years matters not to us. Um, the only thing that, that we ask is that if, if indeed you want to talk about grass, uh, just understand that the industry is evolving and that we are here to help you along with that evolution of the industry. Because as we learn it, um, you know, we're, we're all in different uh, areas of our career where we're in a constant state of learning. And we just ask you to always keep an open mind and be willing to, to learn new things as well. Um, it's, you know, through the, the power of shared knowledge, shared experience that uh, this continues to move forward. And that for us specifically is what is most important is that, um, you know, the industry is only as strong as the weakest link. The chain is only as strong as the weakest link. And that's how we feel. We, we want to lift everybody up and, uh, and help them along the best that we possibly can. Uh, gentlemen, real quick, before we jump into the show, talk to me, uh, what you got, what you got going on? Give me, give me, give me a little inside scoop here. Oh, I mean, just doom scrolling on Twitter. I mean, you know, just checking out, seeing how, how things are going over there, you know, in the, uh, in the Ukraine and, uh, you know, whoever, uh, whoever you're pulling for, uh, hopefully it's Ukraine. I'll just say that. I'll make a political statement there. Yeah. 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 Me, me too. I mean, I, I'm with uh, I'm with Ukraine as a as a sovereign nation and not as an annex of the Russian Federation. <laughs> when do we get, or when can we get? And I don't want to co-op this or, or or do anything wrong with it, but you know, when do we get the uh, Russian ship go fuck yourself shirts? When can we get those? I don't, I don't, I don't know. And you know, I, I heard the, the, what may or may not have been the propaganda thing about the snake Island or whatever. And the guys who told the, the Russian ship offshore to, to go fuck themselves, regardless, regardless, I would say there are a fair number of hard ass Ukrainians that know what it was like to live through the USSR that would gladly with a smile on their face, say that to the people that are, you know, attempting to, to overtake their sovereignty. And here, here's the other thing too, is that I, I don't think anybody on the panel right now is, is a pro war guy that thinks we need to go, you know, move in there and pave uh, 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 Russia into a parking lot or anything like that. Uh, but it's okay to not be in favor of war and also, you know, think that uh, Ukraine deserves to, to have their own country not be invaded by by fucking russia and uh and both of those can be true at the same time so i want to get that out there too before somebody starts jumping into the comments and be like you're a bunch of pro-war assholes you're fascist or whatever uh flavor of word they want to put forth there anyway um all right gentlemen let's go ahead and jump into this son of a bitch let's talk about this week's headlines This is just the news. And you know what? I cut off Ray before Ray gave an opportunity to answer that. Ray, tell me, what'd you do this week? Well, let's see. I did a little uh, FAFO at the golf course. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you trying out some new wedges there, Ray? What are you doing? 
no, you know, my my project there is I'm having to deal with removing carpet grass oh. and this other weedy grass called sour grass from the seashore pespalum. Explain to us how you do that, because I'm kind of interested. Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, two things that I know both of those grassy species don't like. Number one, metsulfuron missile. Number two, this uh, recently introduced uh, sulfonylurea called katana. I love katana. And, oh, and guess... Guess what happens if you combine katana, half ounce per acre metsulfuron methyl, and about a pound per acre of 2,4-D ester, and four ounces per acre sulfentrazone? Uh, I would say that's a pretty damn good cleanup there, as a matter of fact. Yeah, the, the, the carpet grass just uh, shrank. Why why flazosulfuron in lieu of uh Celsius? That's because if you put Celsius on top of Seashore Pespalum, the oh, Seashore Pespalum is gone. Yeah, gone yeah, in a yeah. month. Yeah, I mean uh, may Celsius I refer and you, Pespalums may, don't get along. Yeah, because may I refer you to that one lawn where somebody Applied a lot of Celsius, and I had to bring in gallons of activated charcoal suspension to bring the lawn back. Ooh. I know. Oh, that's, a, that's a bad day. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, literally hosing down the lawn with black water and then crossing my fingers, hoping the grass would grow back. It kind of did. And so at that point, I could reestablish seashore pespalum because whoever sprayed the Celsius in that seashore pespalum killed off about 2,500 square feet. So for those of you that never heard of uh, Katana, the active ingredient is flazosulfuron, and it's been more popular in uh, golf and sports turf just due to price. I do not know if it's labeled for residential lawns. Um, is it, is now it, is, Matt. It, it is now Matt. is, however... However, I'm going to tell everybody that, to me, if you're targeting Nutsedge or Kylinga, there is nothing special about Flazosulfuron. And actually, Flazosulfuron has been available in Japan for decades now. That's their preferred uh, Nutsedge control in Zoisha. They just hit it with a hot dose of flazosulfuron, and the nutsedge just crumbles. Yeah, I, uh, I've used it for um, ryegrass transitions in uh, in Bermuda grass as well, and I believe there's some mm. fairly good efficacy on uh, poa annua in warm season grass as well, too, if I recall correctly. Actually, po poa removal in the spring, flazosulfuron is fantastic for it. However... There's a flip side to flazosulfuron. Flazosulfuron is also used in the rest of the world for bare ground weed control. Interesting. Yeah, because 
I suppose if you crank up the application rate to higher than what's typically used on Zoisha and Bermuda turf, nothing grows there. A lot of sulfuron methyl at higher rates as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, our, you know, our friend from uh, the Missouri, Oklahoma area, Tifway Lawns. Yes. He related a very bad flazosulfuron experience to me. Mm. Oh. He, uh, you know, he applied a little too much inside of a zoysia lawn. And that zoysia lawn turned into dirt. Yes. The old, <laughs> uh-oh. Uh, I, think, I think we've all had those experiences. And they're never fun on zoysia because when they turn to dirt, they don't regrow. Um, all right, back. let's, let's check out this first headline here. Um, and you know, kind of a, kind of an interesting, uh, take here. We'll do highlights of this and dive into more industry specific stuff, uh, related to the conflict, because unfortunately that is what is, uh, probably most importantly needs to be talked about, uh, beyond oil and gas, who will lose from the Russia, Ukraine trade fallout, uh, Russia's invade, uh, invasion of Ukraine has sparked Europe's largest land war since 1945. Um, the U.S., European Union, and U.K. have so far focused their sanctions on Russia's financial sector, billionaires, and political elites given a pass to the country's energy industry, which continues to pump natural gas to heavily reliant European customers, which is, you know, an unfortunate thing. Yet Western leaders have said that all options remain on the table, and there are signs that even China, a close ally of Russia, may be applying a squeeze with several state-run banks curbing financing for purchases of Russian commodities. As well as being an energy giant, Russia is also a major producer of base and precious metals. Ukraine is one of the world's largest agricultural exporters. So you can see now how all of a sudden that starts to have an effect on the global economy. Finland gets more than 90% of its nickel imports from Russia, which also supplies nearly half of Turkey's aluminum imports. The UK is by far the largest buyer of Russian gold to the tune of $17 billion in 2020. The U.S. may have some exposure. Uh, Definite has exposure. In 2020, the U.S. bought 3.5 million metric tons of pig iron, a key ingredient in the, in the production of steel. Uh, the amount uh, uh, that amounted to three quarters of its overall imports of the metal that year and was equivalent to 19 percent of domestic output. Egypt and Turkey both get more than 50 percent of their wheat imports from Russia and Ukraine. India and China import hundreds of millions of dollars of sunflower and cottonseed oils from the Ukraine. In 2019, both Brazil and China sourced at least 30 percent of their fertilizer imports from Russia and Belarus, collectively worth four point three billion dollars. And, of course, the U.S. and India are also major buyers. Uh, For a few other countries and products, Russia is a major customer. And there's a risk that demand could be hurt by future sanctions and other economic fallout. One example, the more than $5 billion in in fur coats, clothing, and accessories that Russians bought from Chinese manufacturers in 19 and 20, nearly two-thirds of their overseas sales. Ecuador sells almost 20% of its bananas, worth more than $600 million annually, to Russia. The country is also a key wow. market for finished nuclear reactor uh, parts. So you can see this extends over. And what's interesting, especially that banana part, um, uh, Jay Pink and I, this, this uh, uh, Polish lady works with my wife and actually grew up in Poland under USSR rule. And she was talking about how, you know, during the, the, the communist era of, of Poland there, I, she didn't know bananas existed and didn't have one until I believe she was it was ten year old, ten years old. She had her first banana. Now all of a sudden, with this quasi 
capitalism thing we see coming out of Russia right now. You know, obviously bananas are something majorly they import, not exactly a region of the world where you're going to see a whole lot of bananas being grown for sure. And, uh, and, you know, now we run the potential of running back towards that direction where uh, for, you know, a generation or longer or who knows how long, uh, you know, uh, bananas may become a thing of the past. And that's something that for me put into perspective here of how uh, of, of just fucking weird the whole thing is, right? Like, could you imagine at 10 years old just learning that there were bananas in the world and eating your first one? Um, that That is a crazy and for me, it hit me very emotionally, like a 10 year old kid, not knowing what a banana is. I think about my kids and they're, they're like, they're like fucking monkeys in there, the way they eat bananas. You know, I come home with <laughs> a, a two, six packs of bananas and they're like an alcoholic with Budweiser, just snarfing the things down. And by the oh, end of man. the day, within an hour of having them home, all 12 bananas are gone. I'm like, you know, thanks for saving some for the rest of us. They're curious, George and, and friend. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so there is there is a lot more at stake here than um, uh, uh, just the fact of uh, a war breaking out in Europe more than, you know, something potentially leading to World War Three. And, I, you know, I think calls for that right now at this point or early. Um, and it's more than just oil and gas, as we can see here, precious metals, uh, I, even it, from the import side of Russia being a customer on the, on the global market being effective and how that can affect other worldwide economies as well. It's a tough thing. Um, and uh, gentlemen, talk to me a little bit. W- 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 give me some kind of high level stuff here. Let's not go too deep because we got a shitload more to cover in this topic, but some high level stuff when you're seeing this, what's going through your mind and what are you bracing for? And we'll keep this outside of the ind- of the green industry right now. What are you personally thinking about bracing for as a result of this? I, I think it's too early to say about what to brace for. Other than, you know, the, the easy ones to go to are going to be, first and foremost, fuel, right? You know, what is our cost here and what's the ripple effect of the global markets? And certainly, as we've seen with other commodities, right, uh, the, the folks that are, quote unquote, setting the price sort of know that they can maybe squeeze a little bit outside of this, right? Call that the nutrient effect, right, Matt? Um, mm-hmm. And so... You did that on purpose. I think there's... I did. I did. I'm keeping the pressure up. Um, I don't know. I think the whole thing is like, if you're going to keep it high level, is this is why you don't just go in there and, you know, have an all out shooting war. I mean, among other reasons, you know, militaristic and otherwise, uh, you just can't do that. There's just way too much out there in terms of trade and interdependence, you know, between Russia, Europe, Asia and the United States and North America as a whole, right? Like there's just way too much that's going on there that uh, you can't just turn off the faucet, so to speak, and expect everything to be fine without a whole lot of hurt and a whole lot of pain economically. And, you know, really it's going to hurt people like honestly. So I think it remains to be seen. And the other thing too, is just because all these things are in place, right. And the, um, you know, the sanctions that have been put in place, I'm not an economist. I'm certainly not, uh, anybody that fully understands everything about how these sanctions are going to work, but I got to think that it's going to hit the productivity, right. Of the Russian economy, just in terms of people leaving the country or. Well, uh, it turns out Russia 
has conducted cyber warfare against us already and uh, and took out DeMay. I'm sure he'll be back here shortly. Yeah. Uh, Ray, well, talk to me. What what are you, what's going through your head? What are you preparing for right now? Well, I am keeping in mind again the economic interdependence and as much as everybody touts globalism and the global economy, situations like this speak to the importance of a domestically based supply chain. Oh, and by the way, you were talking about how Asami's uh, Polish friend didn't know what a banana was until she was 10 years old. Sure. Well, okay. What I heard about the Russian Federation Doing, I I think in the last five years, is the Russian Federation has actively been curtailing imports of foreign foodstuffs. They've been on a policy of uh, domestic only. So, for example, domestic. Uh, here's an example of that for example no cheeses from France or Switzerland in the Russian Federation for example that, that, that's a policy that was specifically outlined by the Russian Federation no so, doubt no no doubt about it. And, and it, you know, again, a lot of the things we've talked about that have been going on behind the scenes, like China amassing 51% of the world's grain, you know, what, what, and I can't remember what all the statistics were, but it was like 72% of something and, and you know, 64% of something else. And you, you averaged all out of, of what they had amassed in, in like the last year or two. It was 51% of the world's grain. And, you know, it, it makes you wonder, uh, you know, what did they know? leading up to this and what were they preparing for? And, uh, and now that we're knee deep in this, you know, how much was everybody caught with their pants down or was this all inside Intel knowledge? And, you know, a lot of these questions we won't know for years to come, if ever, um, Demay, welcome back. I figured Putin would go after you first, uh, because you are the voice <laughs> of reason and it's, you know, you can allow me and Ray to be the propagandist on here. So, uh, you know, it's, it was just a, it was a matter of time. They cancel the yeah. real people who are canceled are the voices of reason. They let they let the extremists just fly off the handle. Well, and I think I said yeah. this in the pre-show, but you know, with uh, Pornhub shutting down all the traffic to Russia, I think uh, Vlad is sharing my Skinamax uh, login. So I think he actually kind of took all my bandwidth here for a minute, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> does, does not oh. shock me that that is what's going on. Uh, we'll take a little, look at this next sh- one here. What? 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 Go. No. No. Nothing. <laughs> you listen here to me. You made me watch that damn show on the pre-show. You did that on purpose. I made you. Uh, Urea was doing real well, and uh, and then all of a sudden it was not doing well. 
Um, and so this is from CME, although urea is typically traded on CBOT. But we can see here now our uh, our settlement prices are up big time, 73% uh, week over week uh, increase in urea prices. You know, we had dipped down. And if uh, 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 JPEG, if you could show that other chart that I threw up in Notion on the bottom there, you can it'll have a, bit, a little better graphical display of what exactly is going on. And, you know, you may look at this because urea was falling there for a little bit. And all of a sudden you see this gigantic uptick. And, you know, in the trading world, you may hear uh, phrases like um, uh, the dead cat bounce or whatever. But why this would not qualify as a dead cat bounce and as a giant uh-oh, foobar movement is when you see that big <laughs> giant green bar underneath the, the, the price, uh, that constitutes volume of buying. That is a massive amount of urea contracts that were bought in a single day. In fact, that was the largest single day buy uh, in a long, long time, uh, maybe years, the largest single day buy. So uh, to, needless to say, when you've got traders that are all buying in uh, to that at one time, that means there are a lot of people that are saying, holy shit. And also when you have the large, the single largest uh, single day uh, uh, contract ac acquisition day um, uh, for multiple years to come, that of course is what's also driving up price, right? So it'll be interesting to see how long they hold onto these future because these are, these are all current contracts, right? So they had a week to sell this before they have to uh, start taking delivery on it. And you can see it dipped from roughly 680 to 655, and you don't see a big red bar on the bottom, which would indicate sell volume. Therefore, the number of, of, of selling, offloading of these contracts that were purchased was not very big. <laughs> so pretty much everybody bought this with the anticipation of taking delivery on it within a couple of weeks. Again, it's another one of those signals that we can look at and use and say, okay, the market makers that are dealing in hundred ton blocks of uh, of of urea here are, you know, hedging on, you know, millions of tons of urea and going ahead and taking delivery on it just in case. Again, pointing towards the validity and seriousness of the situation and, and also the unknown of the situation we're in, and that'll kind of lead us into the next line uh, headline here. U.S. agriculture braces for fallout from Ukraine crisis in uh, fr from the crisis in Ukraine. Here we go. From fertilizer to food prices, American agriculture is about to feel the effects of the crisis in Europe. Agricultural Secretary uh, Tom Vilsack warned yesterday against price gouging in fertilizer, and this is the first time we have heard an agricultural secretary or anybody in the in from the Fed, uh, aside from uh, who was it out of. Uh, I, th I think they were out of Iowa. I can't remember that guy's name. Vilsack. Um, Chuck Grassley. It's no Chuck, Chuck Grassley. Grassley. Chuck Grass <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grassley was, uh, you know, for the the Farm Action Network. I, uh, you know, was like, yeah, you're right. We need to launch some sort of investigation to figure out what's going on. We need to take a look at the monopolization of of the fertilizer industry. Now, all of a sudden, we have the Agricultural Secretary saying, "Listen, do not fucking start price gouging." and I, you know, we could talk about a little bit more about some inside information that's going on here where, you know, it would be easy to do so and hide behind the cloak of 
external conflict, which would allow people to be able to do that. Uh, the conflict in Ukraine threatens to upend agricultural trade in the region, possibly putting new demands on the U.S. to produce crops like wheat for allies in Europe. While U.S. farmers might see additional markets there, rising costs for commodities could affect everyone from farmers who buy grain for feed to U.S. consumers who end up paying more in the supermarket. Vilsack said at the Agricultural Department uh, conference yesterday that it's too early, early to speculate on the effect of sanctions, but he hopes no company take the crisis as an excuse to do something not necessarily supported by supply and demand. Russia's a heavyweight in the world's fertilizer supply. Natural gas, a top commodity for the country, is a main ingredient for ammonia, which in turn is a building block for fertilizer. Uh, the U.S. and Germany have already put a halt to the Nord Stream 2 natural gas pipeline that was to supply greater Russian air, uh, exports. If future sanctions hit Russian, Russian gas, that would affect prices, and the European Union would need to turn to other sources. And while the U.S. produces most of its own natural gas, price wings have big effects on the energy-intensive fertilizer industry. And let's put that into perspective real quick, because if you recall, we were talking about the hardship that Yara was facing, Yara being a major uh, European manufacturer of, of nitrogen and all things fertilizer related for, for Europe. And they had to turn off their plants due to the cost of natural gas. They said, we can't make fertilizer profitably anymore due to the cost of gas. And so what happened? The United States, other countries around the world were like, all right, we've got, you know, uh, either liquid ammonia in inventory or we've got natural gas reserves that we can get to you at a price that would allow you to operate uh, 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 profitably. And the whole reason they had to do this was to avoid a food supply crisis in Europe. So already we had the, the dominoes that had begun to fall and, uh, and you know, uh, surrounding countries were able to put their hand in front of, the, of the, uh, the, the, the tumbling roller coaster there and say, all right, let's slow this damn thing down and, uh, and figure out, you know, how we can kind of work, work around this. Right. And uh, of course, all of that leading up to it was, you know, in the face of inflation and all that fun stuff. Now, now, the major supplier of natural gas uh, for the, the EU has now, you know, faced sanctions. And, and again, rightfully so. I don't want to pretend like, uh, you know, that is not a good thing. But what they did was they are allowing natural gas to still kind of freely move from Russia because they don't want to fuck with their food supply issues. But they'll make it a little bit more difficult by, you know, uh, kiboshing the, uh, the Nord Stream 2, right? So it's like, eh. Maybe the Nord Stream 2 looks good on paper, but we're still going to go ahead and receive natural gas because we want to fuck Russia, but we don't want to fuck them that hard kind of sort of deal because if we fuck them that hard, that fucks us pretty bad too. And then people might hate us and turn against us. Now, that's just the nitrogen piece. Unfortunately, there's also another input piece here, and that other input is potash. Uh, you, uh, uh, Russia accounts for 21% of global exports of potash. Um, Belarus a company in Belarus, Belarusica, Belarusiki, I can't remember who it is, major, major potash producer there has faced their own sanctions. Lithuania, who was their major supply chain people, said, nope, we ain't fucking shipping it no more. And this actually was leading up to the invasion from, uh, from, uh, from Russia into Ukraine. And what did they do? Force majeure. Another force majeure right in the balls deep sector of the fertilizer space that we had not been prepared for. So now we've got Bayer force majeure. We've got Potash force majeure. We have New Farm uh, uh, force majeure. Who else? I feel like I'm leaving one out. I, I feel like there was four. Maybe there was only three. I can't recall. 
But case in point, the point I'm trying to make here is that it's not just nitrogen. It's not just natural gas. It's also potash that is being foobarred through this whole thing. So again, I'm not trying to pretend like we're coming up with solutions here of, you know, oh, we're some kind of expert geopolitical people that, oh, we need to do this and we need to do that. Who fucking knows what needs to be done? But case in point is that there are very real effects to this that are taking place for seemingly no real reason. I don't know what Russia's reason is in this whole thing. You know, they've they've given a whole booklet of random things that they hang on to depending on what the moment says. And, uh, and but nobody, I, I don't think anybody can rightfully say they know for sure it's 100% this reason. And because it has taken place now, now that we are in the throes of it, it's trying to put forth real analysis and data points on what the fuck we could expect because it did happen. And what we do know, at least from a European standpoint, is that uh, a, a nitrogen is going to go through one hell of a rough patch if, if they do completely kibosh uh, 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 ammonia and uh, natural gas. And potash, potash for certain, is absolutely food barred. Gentlemen, talk to me. What are y'all taking away from this? <laughs> I just got a little uh, goose. This is uplifting. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean... It's it's better than sitting in Kiev right now. That's for sure. Um, yes. So, and the the thing that I think will I think don't know right that will probably be most impactful is got to be the potash thing, right? And I, I don't know that article referred to twenty one percent. I've seen other figures much higher than that where. Um, Essentially, if you were to take the, the the one that I looked at here earlier this week was between Belarus and uh, Russia, it's about 51% of the potash that goes to market is between those two countries, right? So take that amount, right, and slow it down. Even if you slow it down, what does that do to demand and what does that do to pricing elsewhere in the market? And certainly at some point, what does that do to capacity, right? So you know, it's good that we don't grow a uh, potassium, you know, a, a highly potassium deficient crop for the most part. You know, we can get by um, in most cases, most cases with limited potassium and still be OK. Uh, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> you're going to, you know, in some cases, Ray, there's there's a lot more cases to get away with, with it, with less of it than you can with it. How's that? Well, if you're talking about the major commodity crops like soy and corn. Oh, I'm talking about turf grass, dog. Just turf grass. No. Well, but uh, here's the thing. Uh, I'm not worried about grass at this point. I'm worried about uh, if I put in an order for food next week, uh, if I don't get notification that says, oh, Sorry, your order can't be fulfilled. And this fertilizer and natural gas and potash thing is is going to impact that. And the impact is going to be on the crops that are kind of potassium dependent and the potassium dependent crops 
are the fruits and the and the vegetables. Mm. And potatoes. You know, fruits, vegetables, and potatoes. <laughs> so uh, I guess it's this, Matt, is, okay, if you... Here's what I can say for certain. I'll, 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 you know, be the voice of reason and say this for certain. Is this is not none of this is going to be over quickly. I mean, this is going to be years long. Not, and I don't mean the whole military thing. I don't mean the invade. I'm just saying, like, to settle everything down in this space, right? Within the use, like, it's going to take a long, while, a long while, and. To think that, you know, everything's going to be hunky-dory next year or things are going to smooth out. I've heard, you know, when before, this is a month ago, you know, as some of those urea prices were starting to ease, you started to hear the distributors get all, you know, hot and bothered. Oh, look, look, it's okay. You know, by the time we get to round three and four, you know, we're not we're not going to be out of the woods, but it's going to be lower. And it's like, that's not, that's not the way this works, right? You can't just look at those snapshots in time and be like, oh, hey, this is a trend, right? And not only that, but clearly we've seen how much has changed in just, you know, fucking a week, right? So uh, I think that's the thing, is if, if there's one thing to hang your hat on right now is that uh, this is not going to be a short-term thing. And I'll give you the bonus one is buckle the fuck up. Just what you, I mean. It's going to be tough. It's going <laughs> to be a really, really, a really tough way to, to go here. There's there's no doubt about it, and uh, again, I don't want to pretend like I know anything about this whatsoever. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not a geopolitical guy. I'm hardly read in world history, more or less uh, Eastern European history. Um, you know, the, the the way I grew up, it was you know, communism is bad. You know, look at all the deaths that occurred over here, and uh, and you know, go go America, fuck yeah, you know, kind of thing, and so. Um, I'm trying my best to, to look at this from a realistic standpoint as much as possible. And, you know, mind you, I am the, the, the anxious person that I am. I have incredibly high anxiety and I think there's black helicopter circling my house 90% of the time, you know? <laughs> so I'm trying to be as, as fair and even headed about this as possible, but exactly like Ryan said, even if Ukraine, even if, if Russia were to pull out tomorrow, 100%, send everybody home, are we just going to lift all the sanctions? And like, be like, oh, shit, that was a good run, boys. All right, we're done. You're done. Okay, we're done. Yeah, man. High five. Go team. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, yeah. My bad, like, hey, my you know bad, what? Hey, Russia, ass. you want to join NATO now? Like, uh, we think you'd be a great asset to NATO. Come on. Come on in, you know? And so regardless of whether this lasts for another day or this lasts another year, it is going to be affecting what we do day to day in some form or fashion for a long time. Now, uh, time to, if you do not have any tinfoil available, uh, beer cans work just as well. Time to tape them (laughs) to your head because we are going to talk about China for a second. China okays all imports of Russian wheat amid Ukraine crisis. Uh, China lifted all its wheat import sanctions on Russia amid the UK, uh, Ukraine cri- uh, crisis, signifying a strengthening between Moscow-Beijing relations as the United States and its allies imposed new, new sanctions on Russia. 
China's General Administration of Customs announced a decision Thursday, hours after Russia launched the attack on Ukraine. The move solidifies the agreement made during Russian uh, during Putin's visit to Beijing earlier this month. Uh, one of the largest wheat producers Russia has exported to China amid concerns about possible contamination and bacteria. Hello, Irwinia. Does anybody remember what China did to uh, uh, Sri Lanka, sending Irwinia mm -hmm. tainted uh, 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 fertilizer over there? Well, turns out China, uh, you project what you fear, or you know, you you project against your own actions, kind of sort of thing. It's like the people who are always hyper paranoid about their spouse cheating on them is because they're out cheating on their spouse, kind of sort of thing. Well, we may have a little bit of that going on here because China's like. Yeah, we sure as shit don't want to import anything from Russia because it may be contaminated with bacteria and disease. Well, you know what? In the midst of all this, probably because they were highlighted as to what was going on, they're like, eh, fuck it. Yeah, we'll go ahead and take it. We'll figure out how to deal with it. The fact that as long as it's good, and I, I think it's brilliant that China was like, um, I, we're going to leave a clause in this, is that as long as it's not contaminated, we'll go ahead and bring it in kind of sort of deal here. Uh, under the agreement, exports to China would suspend if any fungus or contamination in the wheat or barley is found. China faced unprecedented hardships caused by flooding in the sowing period last year, according to China's Agricultural Ministry on Wednesday. The sowing of 18 million acres of wheat, uh, accounting for one-third of the country's wheat plantation area, was postponed due to rare floods. Uh, the Minister of Agriculture and Rural Affairs said China will make all efforts to secure grain during the summer harvest and it goes on a little bit more there but uh, if anybody remembers china last spring did face unfucking precedented floods it was absolutely devastating the amount of of uh of flooding they had and of course we're talking about a country too that doesn't exactly have the best pre-planning infrastructure to be able to deal with massive amounts of torrential rainfalls in general and uh and so that is why you know you ran into one of the situations you ran into over there where there were cities that were six feet underwater and uh, and I'm not saying that to say that necessarily, you, you know, uh, uh, Miami certainly wouldn't be able to handle that kind of thing either. So, um, you know, I just don't want to say that they're a bunch of buffoons or whatever. But case in point is that uh, it's uh, it was a rough situation now in the in the midst of this and the economic sanctions. They are still at all cost uh, going ahead and securing absolutely as much as, as we can. All right, gentlemen, I want to put this out there. We got a minute left on this topic. Um, is this all smoke and mirrors for China to make the move on Taiwan or is uh, that yet to be seen yet to be determined? And, uh, is that, are those just, uh, are those Blackhawks that are circling my house or is that just a news chopper chasing a runaway guy? <laughs> I mean, you can't, I mean, when, listen, you know, when you go to like a party or a wedding or something like that and you see some guy you know, get drunk and just do some really stupid shit, Ray. I mean, just like, what yeah. the fuck is this guy doing? Mm -hmm. Now, listen, <laughs> you can sit and laugh at that guy, right? Or mm -hmm. you can be silent and watch what your wife or your significant other is doing and seeing how hard she's judging that motherfucker. And I bet you right now that is what China's doing is they're saying, hmm, what is the spouse doing here? What is the West? doing here i'm curious and i bet you that's what's going on so we're at the wedding it's a big old drunk fest over there in ukraine and you can you can definitely bet that they're not laughing they are judging hardcore right now they're, they're judging they're planning and 
I'm going to say this. Capitalizing. Capitalizing. I mean, yeah. China is yeah. uh, going to capitalize on this situation. And why else would they be essentially providing diplomatic assistance to the Russian Federation right now? Because it is huge to forego any kind of trade restriction or tariff on Russia and say, oh, you're cut off from the rest of the world. Russia can sell grain to China. That is unusual. That is very unusual. Indeed. Irregular. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of wormholes it's... that can get down there, but we'll 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 pump the brakes on it. We'll that. save it more for as it develops because I'm sure as we record this next Sunday, there will be a whole host of new information that will not require so much speculation on my insanity. Uh, or, gentlemen, we'll all, huh? we'll all be dead. We'll, we'll have the burn of burns as we lead into the burns. That's right. If you do not have iodine in inventory, we recommend you go ahead and pick it up. <laughs> it's the Cold War all over again, right? They, if you've never they, taken they, an iodine supplement, it's disgusting, by the way. Where can, what, what, under, what, under what tab is that hideous. on the uh, Yardmastery website? Can you tell me? Okay, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You find it. Share the link with us. We'll highlight it. We'll make it a show sponsor. Uh, speaking of show sponsors, this week we are brought to you by uh, Lawn Supply Company. So uh, real quick, you know, as this season is starting to kick off, uh, Ryan and I have been working on some crazy cool shit again this year. And uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and... Um, I uh, give a, a little bit of inside baseball for all the, the, the people out there that are big fans of feature. Um, we have taken one hell of a stab at feature and uh, doing some, uh, some equal chelation strength. However, doing it totally different, uh, trying to stay away from uh, uh, forever chemicals, right? Where EDHA could be considered a, a quote unquote uh, forever chemical. And, and so anyway, there's going to be more about that starting to leak out this week and then ultimately some diversification of granular options. And, uh, and they, they will all be greens grade for all you, uh, turf nerds that are out there. So stick around pay attention to what's going on there. Uh, you know, we, we do have some really cool products out there, you know, for the, for the high pH guys, you know, I, I highly recommend checking out fix or, um, you know, got some interesting feedback from guys down in Texas messing around with it. And, uh, so Anyway, check it out if you're into soluble powders. We have, of course, the Triple Eighteen, which uh, Ryan's neighbor used pretty much exclusively this year, and it did an absolute bang up job. Uh, you can see it from uh, from uh, outer space, the the satellite photo from uh, uh, Google Earth. It did it did a really good job right there in his environment. And if you are one of those people that could benefit from a one to one to one, it would also do a phenomenal job for you. Uh, check it out, Lawn Supply Company. Uh, head on over to uh, Ryan Knorr's website and uh, and take a look at the product offerings we have there and understand we do have new ones coming to you. Then, gentlemen, let's get real pissed off just for shits and giggles here and check out this week's burns. Do you think... You think Sheila could? I bet you she could take down Vlad, for sure. There is no doubt about it. Uh, Look at that. Vlad, Vlad, 
Vlad does not stand a chance against Sheila, nor does any man, as a matter of fact. Um, guys, we his talked. Grades, we're... <laughs> Man, I, I was, you. I was, I was gonna go somewhere with like plowing a field or something, but I, I couldn't get there in time. I, I got stuck in a plow, <laughs> and then I was like, I'm, I think I'm done. I think, I think that's as far as I'm gonna make it. Did you? Speaking of plow, did you see the Ukrainian farmer today that hooked up the? Uh, I think it was a T80 tank to his tractor and just towed it right down the fucking road. He was like, "Is that I'll take not... that?" Listen, he, that balls of steel. First off, uh, to to just be like, you know what I'm gonna do today? I'm gonna hook up to that tank and I'm gonna get it the f out of my street. The guy, the guy's balls tinkle when he when he walks. You know, the the brass you know bounces against one another. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, he, he's not sneaking around. That's for sure. I just hope that if it, if it can, you know, if it stays the way it's it's you know at where it's at right now, I think uh, I think anybody's gonna fuck with Ukraine for another century or so. I got a I got a good feeling about that. Hopefully, they can make it through though. Ding, 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 ding. Speaking of tinking, uh, fuck <laughs> alt in. Uh, I just wanted to get that out there. Seed companies sue Alton over cleanup. And for those of you that don't remember, uh, Alton, we covered this, and I went on an absolute tear of a rant about this company because there True. are legitimate biochar companies out there, and they are far and few between because the majority of them are absolute scumbags like this company is here. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, Alton was taking uh, expired treated seed. Uh, so, you know, you think about, uh, like a lot of the corn that is planted in furrow has been treated with some sort of fungicide, right? And in particular, one of the ones that they were taken from in, in Nebraska, whoever they were getting it from, was methanoxin treated seed. They would then ferment that into ethanol, and then they would take the waste material from the production of ethanol and pyrolyze that into uh, a biochar and then sell the biochar to be spread on field farm fields out there in Nebraska. The problem was, was that it was still registering. And part of this is because pyrolysis may not necessarily degrade the methanoxin uh, uh, chemical. So therefore, the biochar had such high concentrations of methanoxin. The local department of agriculture told them, you have to register this as a fungicide. And instead of registering it as a fungicide, they all pointed fingers at one another and said, oh, okay, you do it. No, okay, you do it. No, that you do it. And then that you you do that, that, and then that you, you do that. And you know what? They started selling the biochar anyway. In the midst of all the finger pointing and saying, you screwed up and you screwed up, they were like, you know what? The sales guy was out there pounding pavement. And he's like, we're going to get this into the hands of a farmer and let him go spread it on his field. And then it got caught that they were trying to sell it and spread it on a field. And then, you know, of course, their feet were held to the fire and it launched a big investigation where they came in and started looking through their facility and was like, holy shit, you've got 60,000 tons of this material just laying around in an open air uh, space here. We've got a hazard problem and we are going to put together a series of cleanup protocols that you're going to have to undergo in order to make this right. Well, you know what they did? You know what they did? They said, screw it, boys, abandon ship. Jump over the rail, grab you a flotational device, 
Take it from the airplane if you got to. Whatever you got to do, it is time to bail. Uh, Sound the violin. We are on our way out. So in the midst of this cleanup, they have gone somewhere. We don't know where. In two civil uh, lawsuits filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Nebraska and Omaha this week, six seed companies have asked the court to award compensation for the cost incurred during an ongoing cleanup. They have asked the court to declare Althin's alleged asset sales to be void under state law and have asked for an injunction to prevent the company from selling any additional assets. All the companies suing have alleged breach of contract by Althin. The companies filing one lawsuit include Pioneer Hybrid International Inc., Corteva, AgriLiant, Beck Superior Hybrids, and Winfield Solutions. Instead of complying with various emergency orders, Issued by the Nebraska Department of Environment and Energy and engaging in remediation efforts, Alton and its officers and affiliates led by Tanner Shaw. And by the way, you want to go down a wormhole, go read about Tanner Shaw and what a motherfucker that guy is, have abandoned the site, sold off their assets to prevent their creditors, including the state and plaintiffs, from having access to assets necessary to perform remediation and reimburse plaintiffs for the costs that have occurred on the site. So basically, they said we created a gigantic absolute mess of an environmental disaster. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to abandon it. We're going to liquidate our assets and we're going to diss a fucking beer. Thank you. Another renewable energy project, another biochar company that has shit all over the industry and make people who attempt to give this space a valid name, an invalid name. You, sir, may fuck off. That's all I got to say about that. Talk to me, boys. Where are we at? What are we? When are we flying out to go have a beer with Tanner Shaw? Oh when, man! When, when I tell you what, the, he he should be sent to the front lines somewhere in Ukraine right now. You know what he needs to do? He needs to be the guy <laughs> that's holding up a flashlight, guiding in the cruise missiles from from Russia, and being like, like, look, do you see my flashlight? This is where impact <laughs> needs to occur. And I and I'm not saying he needs to be hit with a cruise missile. I'm saying he needs something risky to do, like guide a cruise missile. In my opinion, only my opinion. Uh, that is not a reflection of the Grass Factor or any of the participants on the Grass Factor show. Uh, Jesse, did I cover that legally correctly? Maybe we need Jesse to be a sponsor of this show as well, too. I may have. We need Jesse in our earpieces. Need him in yeah, earpiece. Yeah. Matt, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's not even Friday, and. Uh, you know, Jesse would probably till, still take to pretend it's Friday. So, um, <laughs> I feel the same way you do, Matt. Like, what was the, hey, what was the, and I haven't looked it back up, Eco Right or Eco, what was the, the company that was uh, putting the insecticide in their natural pest killer and all that? What was that company again? Oh, yeah, Ecomite. 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 Them, I mean, pieces of shit. Well, <laughs> Well, and so here's the thing is like, I just keep going back to, there's a narrative to sell in all these cases, right? Like there is something that's Mm -hmm. mysterious and unique and all this stuff and people get caught up in it, right? I mean, even look, look at the fucking firepower that's on this class action lawsuit, man. Like I personally, I kind of feel bad for Tanner because these guys are not going to go away. Like, this is it. Like, they're gonna they're gonna find them and uh you know if it's not the flashlight and the cruise missile liam neeson you know might come out here with some taking shit and i don't know uh, listen all i'm saying is we criticize a lot of folks on here 
we do and 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 listen we're 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 completely fallible all that kind of stuff i guess what i'm saying is that the people that we criticize are the people where it's like hey listen my my bullshit meter is kind of either you know rattle a little bit or it has gone well past you know the midpoint right and in those cases that's just experience talking right you know this is right matt how many times you know your your old man says mm, i don't i don't know if that's a good idea right he's not saying that mm-hmm. to be a prick he's not saying that to be an insensitive asshole he's saying that because hey listen i've seen some shit right i know i don't know for sure if it's a bad idea but i'm telling you it's probably not a good idea right and so in this case well, that's all i'm saying is that the people that we criticize mm-hmm. after the fact or even before the fact where we get a little fishy and we're like hey man let's just something doesn't smell right here it's because shit like this happens it, it I mean, this is two major fucking things inside of six months i mean these are major things guys this isn't just like oopsie i dropped a little bit of you know pyrethroid insecticide in my natural labeled uh pest Product. control shit I, yeah, I mean it's, i don't know it's 50 percent glyphosate oops <laughs> Yeah. And, and in this case here, like rules, one percent permission, whatever. You know, <laughs> send it, send it. <laughs> it just, it actually, Ray, it tickles the, the insects to death. That's how it does it. That's the Jeez. mode of action we. Jeez. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I don't know, Ray. That's that's kind of where I'm at. It's just the big picture of um, we shit on these guys, and sometimes people give us shit for giving shit. And this is why, is that this stuff happens, and uh, if it's not happening willfully, as it's happened in these two cases, it's happening ignorantly, and both of those things are wrong. Yeah, it's just wrong, and ignorance does not get you off very much with the EPA. It doesn't, because the EPA then looks at how much area you've contaminated and uh, what it's going to cost to clean up that mess. And they don't care because at some point in time, they think for something to go this wrong and this big, somebody has to know. Somebody has to know and somebody has to know exactly what they're doing. There, you, you know, because for me, here's where my BS meter gets triggered. When I get the sense that somebody knows exactly what they're doing, okay? When somebody knows exactly what they're doing, when I get that sense that they know exactly what they're, they're going to do, that's when I'm triggered. By the way, hashtag there, you, uh, coupon code thriving20. Uh, if you want to yeah, uh, throbbing 20 <laughs> throbbing 20 throbbing 20 um yeah <laughs> centimeters another, or inches another... <laughs> <laughs> you get a ruling on that uh, you get a ruling on that it, i am telly <laughs> <laughs> uh we so another call back to the pre-show there um but again you know to claim if these guys attempt to complain to claim ignorance through this, it is just more bullshit dribble. And I am particularly hard on the biochar industry because I've been around this long enough 
And to see these claims like, oh, to the production of biochar, we, we as a byproduct, we produce potable water. And then you, you come within six feet of the water and your hair starts falling off your body. And they claim it's potable kind of sort of thing. And I'm not, I'm not kidding about the water being that contaminated. I, I have seen this time and time and time and time after again. And then they call it pyrolignous acid. And they put, some, put forth some sort of beautiful marketing spin on it. that Oh, you, it'll fix your dog's. I'll tell you what, head over to Google and type in wood vinegar and look at all the uses for wood vinegar. And I'm telling you right now, do not, under any circumstance, use wood vinegar that has not been through extreme purification. Extreme purification because it is a, an incredibly, incredibly toxic substance as a byproduct of biochar production. So, And I'll leave it at that. That's why I'm so hard on this because these people know what they're doing and they're funded by by fake money right now because people want to get in on green industry they put together a beautiful pitch deck and and it, and it sucks people into thinking they're going to save the world and they secure all this fake money from from people chasing energy independence or green means and then what do they do they absolutely milk it for everything it's worth worth and then they abandon ship they reform as a new llc and then they hit the pavement again pitching a whole new concept because the first people they worked to worked with didn't have it right. But this time they got it right. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a crazy, crazy space. Um, this next one here and I it was made it into the burns and I, I did this specifically for, uh, I, uh, Ray, I thought this was a good fit. I'm building an autonomous lawnmower and cutting grass is harder than you think. Uh, a lawn is a curious thing, and the modern concept as we know it developed in such a broad and distributed way that covering its history, here would be an article in and of itself. Uh, regardless, it's a part of virtually every suburban yard. And maintaining a neat lawn is key to keeping yard areas both pretty and usable. Australia's beautiful conditions have left me tired of the grind, however, uh, however, and I've had enough, and it's time to enlist robotic help. Uh, of course, you know, you know, all this is coming and, you know, lots of, of robots and all this fun stuff, but uh, it turns out building the robot was a little bit difficult, and I'll skip down here a little bit. There are two ways to go about engineering something new. You can take a few guesses in your head, do a couple sketches, and simply build what you think will work. Then you find out what doesn't work and iterate from there. Alternatively, you can spend a great deal of time getting scientific about things, running models and calculations, and trying to figure it all out on paper before you begin. Uh, and then you run into him actually putting it together, and it turns out it's just not exactly what he thought it was going to be. Um, and so, I, I, anyway, he goes on here. Uh, naturally, I wanted more as I attempted this. More performance, more cutting power, more everything. My thinking is that if I had more power, cutting the lawn would take less time to complete. I set about procuring a much brawnier 14-turn, 50-size motor for the cutting head. I'd already found some gains by adding power to the cutting head, so I figured more is always better. also found even if I drove the robot at the slowest viable pace, mower boy was still moving too quickly for the cutting head and would end up being slowed and stopped by excessively thick grass. So it turns out it's not as easy as we thought. Not everybody's going to be out here building uh, 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 robot mowers. And the, the point here is that, um, yes, robot mowers are, are good and good looking towards the future. But, however, we still have a little bit ways to go because, uh, to go because as Ray has brought up previously, uh, zoysia grass in particular, which you're going to find a fair amount there in Australia, is particularly difficult to cut that's with any mower more or less an electric motor uh or a robot mower so there you go boys it's not all it's cut out to be 
<laughs> put it nicely. I mean, uh, right, Doc. I guess, I guess that God. guy FAFO. I guess the FAFO. <laughs> yeah, um, he gave it a whirl though. He's, I, no, he's I, no Sean I, Smith, that's for sure. No, that's <laughs> that is definitely for sure. I, I there's two things I picked up here. Number one, uh, if Ray ever had to get punished for a crime, I think we would just duct tape him to a lawn chair and make him watch this cut like a three inch high zoysia lawn because that, that looks painful and second matt i figured out the main problem with this whole thing uh, I, I saw it as it skimmed past in the article there uh homeboy is only using 4g data he's actually missing a g on this and that's a critical failure point gotta use five you gotta use five so um, it says lizard man so says lizard man uh you just out there There's... making history in Nashville. Uh, thank you, Lizard Man, for at least in the midst of creating terror, you did not kill anybody aside from yourself. And for that, we're very grateful. I wish uh, Putin would uh, would take a page from your playbook there and uh, do the big bombs, but make sure you're uh, uh, sitting on top of it when it detonates. Uh, out of Greensboro, North Carolina here. Eventually, I'll have to raise prices. Small businesses in the triad hit hard by raising by rising gas prices. Um, when gas prices rise, nearly everyone feels it. It trickles down from everything, how much you pay to drive to work and how much it costs for companies to get food and go to grocery stores. Unfortunately for Green Stripes Lawn Service, this also means he having to make adjustments. He's owned the company for 18 years, and he likes to keep in contact with his customers and have a family-based connection with them. Uh, Carter says he's uh, condensed routes to limit how much gas he burns as he's, he's seen grass, gas prices fluctuate. I am stuttering all over the place, but it's getting to the point where now where he might have to make changes to his businesses, to his business. Prices may need to increase as I'm doing my jobs out there. I have to leave my property and show up somewhere. That's where my time starts for the customer. I want to keep customers. I don't want to price gouge people, but now I'm spending an extra $120 a week just to fill up my damn equipment with fuel. Eventually, I'll have to raise prices. If it goes up to $4 a gallon, I'm going to have to raise everyone customer-wise. I only keep it there as long as the gas prices stay high. I don't want to cheat my customers. It hurts. That's money off the food table. Less eating better food and having to go with cheaper food. I do what I can, and I make it work. It's unfortunate. Uh, gas prices in uh, back in 2021 were 210 and uh, right now, you know, of course, we're, the average gas price is at $342. Um, i have seen it here in Knoxville. Uh, we are at three forty nine ninety nine right now, which is the uh, one of the highest I have ever seen it in Knoxville personally. So um, it's here we're dealing with it, and in the in the midst of now what's going on in Ukraine, and that's it. And the fact that this old boy hasn't raised gas prices yet and is just eating cheaper food to compensate, and he's been in business for eighteen years, and I saw the picture of him. He doesn't look like a young buck. I'm telling you, buddy, don't sacrifice your food. Just go ahead and raise prices. I promise you, everybody will understand. Do it for your health. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that was the that was the reason I stuck this in here. It was like, if you haven't listened to the show and what's going on to this point, you better be ready to go ahead and have that conversation. Hey, listen, prices are going up. I, I mean, it got to be at least ten percent, right? You know, if if inflation was whatever it was, four point seven percent last year, right? Take that mm -hmm. right off the top. And then me adding 5% is not that much to ask, right? So yeah. 
I, I think that's a minimum of where folks would be. And quite honestly, I'm not sure, you know, if you get pushback on something like that and people are happy with you and you have longtime customers, then maybe they aren't your customers. Maybe they aren't the people that you should be serving. That's that's where I stand on it. But Ray, what do you think? You 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 live this every day. No, I, I certainly do because uh let's just say that for the longest time average price of gasoline where i'm at is over four dollars a gallon okay and all it takes is some kind of a international hiccup and i can be looking at five five dollars guys and the thing is is that it's a, a given and people kind of get it People kind of get it here because here in Hawaii, gasoline is expensive. It's even more expensive in Hawaii than it is in California or New York. So it's understood. It is definitely understood. And uh, my advice to those good people in the in the Tennessee area that are going through this is, you know what? You do what you got to do because as one of my longtime mentors told me, you don't run a nonprofit organization. <laughs> you're there sure. to, you're, you're yep. there to make money. So you, you guys do what you got to do. <laughs> um, we have talked about just the, the nastiest of the nastiest so far. And, uh, and, and, you know, in in the midst of everything that's going on, let's try and bring some uh, some life back into into everything we've talked about today, and we'll do that with this week's returns. How fitting is that to have that drunk army? <laughs> boot stomping intro there I, I i may have to change that i don't know i got weird for a second <laughs> really. i was having tr- a is that triggering crisis you? in my brain yeah <laughs> uh oh boy westchester employee earns free fifty three thousand dollar pickup just by driving safe uh, this is from green lawn fertilizing patience is to be a virtue and for one employee of green lawn fertilizing in westchester it became the key to winning a brand new 53 grand pickup truck. Who's going to pay the taxes on that? It's the only thing I wonder. Um, to promote safe driving, company president and founder Matt Jessen offered his 125 drivers a year-long chance to win the vehicle by dr- having a safe driving record. On Friday, the luckiest of the nine finalists had their name drawn from a basket and got the keys for the 2022 Ford F-150 from Je- uh, Jessen. In addition to winning the truck, the company also paid the taxes on the vehicle. Look at this. What a, what a badass company. Um, the, uh, the winner was Sam Cordero, a pest technician with the company who was recently promoted to service manager. He's also celebrating his third anniversary for working at Green Lawn. Uh, Cordero said patience is the most important aspect of his driving practices. Take your time. You're going to get there. Cordero said, as he took a moment to speak with the reporter after getting the truck, being patient, the job is going to get done. And if it doesn't get done today, there's another day tomorrow. Uh, Cordero credited his ability to having patience to the company scheduling department, allowing enough time between jobs. 
Cordero didn't own his own car before this. Is looking forward to taking his son, Aiden, six, and Cyan, five, on family vacations in the new truck. Company officials said Cordero has tracked up the top 10 safest drivers in the, in the country by using their software company, Azuga. The eight other finalists were Josh Bofloro, Nicholas Kitchen, Henry Black, Mike Burns, Christopher Bonilla, uh, Bonilla and Jonathan Melendez, uh, and Gino Rosadvito, uh, Rosadvito, and Gilbert Lorenzo. They each received a plaque and a $200 gift card. Great story here. Great company here to do this for their people. And, you know, sometimes it's just an opportunity like that. Look, he's never owned his own car before. And, uh, and now he's got one and he's got two kids out there. You'd love to see somebody like this walk away and, uh, and be recognized in such a tremendous way. And he doesn't have to worry about the taxes, which is the first thing I thought of. So kudos <laughs> to these guys. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is solid. I mean, that is just, and I got to tell you, there's a lot of times where, do you know what grinds my gears? When I see a company vehicle or a vehicle with commercial plates being driven like it's on the cannonball run, I hate that. Okay? I hate it. I get it. It's dangerous, you know, especially when you're toting around a, uh, you know, a, a, a 200 gallon tank or a 300 gallon tank back there. There's, uh, and I, it doesn't matter. You know, Matt. If, it's not only, it's not, it's not only that there's all kinds of other things that can go wrong. And I'm talking about all the trades because do I need to see somebody get run over by a service truck? Uh, laid it down with, uh, you know, a couple tons of machines or a couple tons of steel on it. Do I need to see that? No, no, not really. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to see that yet. So, hats off to this company for encouraging safety on the road. You know, I mean, really, hats off. <laughs> Yeah, and I hope uh, I hope that uh, this continues as as part of their practice, and that other companies look at this and you know look look at the press that company got for it. Right, made the local news. They had a little giveaway right there on the news, and uh, you know if you if you have a good year, you have a banner year, and you got some extra cash, you know maybe take care of your one of your employees this way, uh, because that right there will give you uh, um, all kinds of of you know karmactic and uh and other other benefits towards you know having a, a successful business long term um a local agriculture company helps ukraine family move to the u.s now there's a beautiful video that goes along with this but i just wanted to put it in here because uh, well you know here we go uh, this ukrainian family arrived in oklahoma just before the russian invasion uh, the wheeler brothers grain company i can't tell if that's oh it is Sorry, it started playing music on my end because I needed to hit another button. Anyway, I, the Wheeler Brothers Grain Company in Watonga has been sponsoring one of their employees to try and get their green card. After three and a half years, Alex and his family finally made it to the United States. And for anybody that's ever gone through or not gone through the green, everybody that's not gone through the green card process, it is an incredibly uh, a, a difficult and touchy and lots of emotional highs and lots of emotional lows 
Um, obviously, my wife is an immigrant, and uh, and you know we had to go through the green card process to to get her to allow her to be able to stay here and stuff. And uh, and so you know, kudos for this company for being able to stick up for one of their employees. And you talk about uh, one of those things where you really have to count your blessings is that you know he and he has just an absolute beautiful family here. We're able to get out in the nick of time, and I love to see it. I think it's fantastic. Boys, before we wind this up here, do y'all want to lay anything on me? Demay's laughing. Uh, can we see that picture one more time, Jay Pink? This is guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy right here. Um. There are a couple things I want to do a little housekeeping here. Uh, if nobody saw the video that um, uh, Polo did on um, uh, when to fertilize your lawn and how to how to how to fertilize your lawn, especially if you have a uh, a, a Bermuda uh, fescue lawn uh, type of scenario, he did just an absolute jam up job on this. The production value, you know, he he, he did music tracks when he came on with us. And he absolutely knocked it out of the park here. It was kind of a part of a, a series. And uh, and it was, it, I just, I was really impressed with it. I thought he did just an, a, a jam up job. Uh, on Friday, we have a filler up Friday with Turf Therapy, Robert Palmer. Uh, and this is, this is one of our American soldiers in Germany right now living this shit. Absolutely living this shit. And, uh, you know, I, I messaged him this week, just, you know, let him know I was, I was thinking about him because, you know, as everything pops off, you know, that is dude on on the fucking ground. That is a soldier right there that's having to live this shit. So I am super stoked to have him on with us. And we'll see, hopefully not, you know, grill him with too many questions on it. But I'm sure that in the event we do need to stock up on canned food, he'll be able to let us know that as well, too. So uh, stick around for Friday. Check out Polo's video. He did a fantastic job. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Lawn Supply Company. Uh, again, you know, check out what's going on over there, RyanNorLawnCare.com, because we got some exciting stuff coming out over the next couple of weeks. All right, everybody, we are headed to the after show where we are going to help pick the title of this week's show. See you all in the next one.